Welcome to The Truth Must Be Told. I hope that you have been enjoying this podcast. We have covered many subjects, and, you know, we're going to continue to do that. The response has been excellent, and I will continue to bring you quality podcasts from which you can learn and perhaps give you some hope in this uncertain world. If you have missed any episodes, you can go to thetruthmustbetold.org and you will find a link for anchor.fm, which will allow you to listen to previous podcasts absolutely free. It's free to visit the site and free to listen. And while you're there, consider hitting that support button and help this ministry to continue to grow around the world. Thank you for your support and for joining me here on The Truth Must Be Told. So, are you a religious person? Do you follow a particular church? How is that working for you? Well, we're going to talk about it today on The Truth Must Be Told. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'd be a nice change of pace. When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, I tried to tell the truth, and it kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts... Here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. Hello, once again, and welcome to the show. You know, it's been a very difficult um, week, this week so far. We've had uh, a little power outage last Tuesday, which is why I had to do a a rerun of the show, uh, Best of The Truth Must Be Told. And um, it's, there's a lot of things I was thinking about uh, during this week and what we need to do and how we can uh, get the truth out to you. And some good news. I told you about my mixing board that died uh, after some um, prestigious uh, research. I actually found one that I'm going to be able to buy for a lot more money. And a donation has come in for part of that. And we should be able to take care of it. So. We want to thank those who are donating and those who are keeping up uh, with this. Also want to mention that the podcast is starting to reach out to a lot of people, and I'd like to be able to get some printed material in here to send out to folks, perhaps some Bibles to send out to folks, and uh, find a way to do that. If uh, you have, you'd like to make a donation to that, please go to the uh, truthmustbetold.org. You can click on the Give give tab that's there, and it'll show you how to make a donation and a gift to this ministry so we can get a Bible out to people if they don't have one. Uh, we can get out material, printed material for them. So I would really appreciate the help with that. All right? So, so I was thinking the subject today about being religious. You know, so many claim to be religious. You know, they follow a particular church or belief, etc. And then it would make sense... Wouldn't you think that uh, if you claim that if you claim to be a whatever it is you claim to be, that you would follow the beliefs and teachings of that particular church or whatever that you believe in? Now, our own president and many others that are in, you know, in legislature and in office up there claim to be Catholic, but they approve of abortion, even abortion to the time when the child has actually been born. And you could kill that baby. You can execute it. Now, this is sad. And this goes against Catholic beliefs, that life is sacred, and that abortion has no place. So, go figure. Now, before we dive into this, what we need to do is we need to take a a look at the definition of religion. Now, if you claim to be religious, 
then you are following a religion. Now, according to Webster's 1828 dictionary, and, uh, and you know I go back there because that dictionary is the most accurate, so I go back as far as I can, and 1828 is a, uh, was the, the year that Webster put out his <coughs> dictionary to the English language, and it gives the most original definition of words. So religion, as he defines it, is a noun. It comes from the Latin religio, to bind anew. All right, it means to bind. Now this word this words originally seems to have signified an oath or a vow to the gods or an obligation of such an oath or a vow which was held very sacred by the Romans. So that's where this word comes from. The first definition he puts out here is religion is the most comprehensive in the most comprehensive sense includes a belief in the being and perfections of God in the revelation of his will to man, in man's obligation to obey his commands, in a state of reward and punishment, and in man's accountableness to God, and also the true godliness or piety of life with the practice of moral duties. If It therefore comprehends theology as a system of doctrines or principles as well as practical piety, for the practice of moral duties without a belief in a divine lawgiver and without reference to his will or commands is not religion. Another definition he gives here is religion as distinct from virtue or morality consists in the performance of the duties we owe directly to God from a principle of obedience to his will Hence, we often speak of religion and virtue as different branches of one system or the duties of the first and the second tables of the law. Now, let us with caution indulge in the supposition that <clears throat> excuse me, morality can be maintained without religion. You could be a very moral person and not have religion at all. That's basically what it says. And it's also a system of faith and worship. In this sense, religion uh, comprehends the belief and worship of pagans and Mohammedisms, as well as Christians and religions consisting of the belief of a superior power or powers governing the world, and in the worship of such power or powers. Thus we speak of the religion of the Turks, of the Hindus, the Indians, etc. As well as the Christian religion, we speak of false religion as well as true religions. All right. So religion acknowledges the existence of God and the willingness to follow his laws and precepts. So are we doing that? If we say we are religious, are we doing that? Now, there are many, many religions in the world. We have Christian, Christian uh, religion, Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, Chinese, Islam, and a whole plethora of religions around the world, and some are offshoots of the above. But it is estimated that 85% of the world's population identifies with a religious group. And there are 4,200 different religions in the world today, by estimation. So if you fall into that 85% of following some kind of a religion, what do you believe? You know, it's difficult to fathom that so many people believe in a religion 
and then see so much turmoil going on in the world today. What is going on? You know, seriously, think about this for a moment. So many people claim to have religion and have a belief structure in God. And yet we have all of this stuff going on in the world today. We've got murders. We've got rapes, child molestation. We have all this stuff going on. But where is their belief in God? Does God approve of these things according to their religion? I addressed this on the last podcast when I asked, are you a good person? So now I'm asking, are you religious? So being good or being religious is not enough. <clears throat> Excuse me. We should be living in such a way that our religion is recognized by those around us. But is it really that significant? You know, many people are very comfortable with their beliefs and do not want to be told they're wrong. Now, not, now let me be clear here. I'm not saying that people are wrong in their beliefs. Well, maybe I am in a way, but I look at things from the Bible's perspective and from my own experiences, so it's only to that in which I make comparison. The Bible, the people I wish to speak to today are those who claim to be religious but continue in a manner that would make anyone question whether or not that person's religion is strong in their life. You know, I had, um, I was told once, and I was witnessing to a, a lady, a very, very dedicated Catholic, who said to me, my mother died on the church steps. She dropped dead on the church steps. You can't tell me that she's not in heaven. Well, it's not for me to say whether she was in heaven or not. I can only give you what the Bible says. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But again, in your lifestyle, we're going to come back. I'm going to take a quick break here. All right, we're only 10 minutes into the show. I don't think the show is going to be that long today. But I want to take a quick break. I want to come back and I want to talk about the religions and what the Bible has to say about religion. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay, so thank you for joining us on the second half of the podcast. Don't forget to visit the truthmustbetold.org for information on this show and how to contact me and with any questions or things like that. So so what does the Bible say about religion and being religious? Well, according to questions.org, they state, first of all, James 127 says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. In other words, the system of worshiping God is not a matter of observing rites and rituals. Rather, it involves practical help for those in need and living a pure life separated from the sin of the world. Much of what we consider to be religion, church on Sunday, reciting a prayer, lighting a candle, etc., <clears throat> excuse me, are human traditions that give a, an appearance of a devotion but ultimately have little to do with the soul of the participant. Okay, so I'm sorry if you hear the birds out there <laughs> or the fan blowing behind me. I'm trying to keep it a little cool in here. It's a little warm outside today. Um, all right, so 
to have to go to church on Sunday, you light a candle, you say a certain prayer, you do a certain thing. Okay, they're human traditions. In fact, Jesus said, you make the word of God of non-effect because of your traditions. And that's that's pretty powerful, all right? Um, well, we are warned in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5, says this. But understanding this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. That's a warning that Paul gave to Timothy, young preacher Timothy. So people who perform these rites and rituals are doing what? They're showing themselves to be holy, following traditions of men rather than what God has established. This is what I spoke of when I did the podcasts in the day of Noah, when I did that series. You know, these folks are following the religion of Cain that seeks to please men and not God. Do you know there's... uh, there's a mess of churches out there today that don't want to offend people. They want to do things that are pleasing to the people and not pleasing to God. So you have to ask what, you know, what's going on here? What, you know, but this is the religion of Cain and not the religion of um, Abel. Okay. Now, People go through all of these things. They go through the. They go through their rituals. They say certain prayers. They do certain things. They have to walk around certain things. Walk the stations of the cross. Let's say there's another one. But yet they remain unrepentant, unloving, uncontrolled. And unthankful. Jesus spoke of this in Matthew seven, chapter uh, ver- chapter seven, verse twenty one through twenty seven. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was 
the fall of it. <clears throat> so, Jesus also said that um, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. That's another thing he said. There are many things that are that we follow, different religious things that we do. And we hope that we are making a, a, you know, headway, we're getting credit with God. But it's not so. Your works of righteousness are filthy rags in the sight of God. He doesn't care about your works of righteousness. If you give to the poor, if you go to church, if you do the sacraments, if you do whatever it is your religion tells you to do, you know, shave your head, eat Twinkies, wear blue, you know, I mean, whatever that is does not bring you into right standing with God. So I ask you again, are you religious? Do you have a religion or relationship? Because there's a big difference between a religion and a relationship. You see, religion is man trying to reach up to God. He is doing everything that he can, he or she can, to please God to get into heaven. That somehow God will weigh the good things that have been done against the bad things that have been done, and he puts them in the balance. And if you've done good against bad, uh, the more good than bad that you've done... God will say, oh, I've done more good. He's done more good than, than bad, so we're going to let him into heaven. Not so. <clears throat> See, having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is the only way that a person is going to enter into heaven. See, the relationship in Christianity, and true Christianity teaches this, that God reached down to man by sending his son to die on a cross. When Jesus died on a cross over 2,000 years ago, he made the way for us to get etern- to gain eternal life with God. It had nothing to do with religion, and that's pointed out many times in the book of Acts. If you start reading the book of Acts, you'll see that. The Acts of the Apostles. It's the one that comes right after the Gospels. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. It's the Acts of the Apostles. It's the birth of the church. And you will see that religion had very little to do with a relationship. Because it's a big difference to have a relationship with God than to cower in fear from him, hoping that somehow we'll be good enough to make it into heaven. Because you have no guarantees that way. But a born-again child of God does have those guarantees. He knows, or she knows, that they are going to get into heaven. Why? Because they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. has nothing to do with your religion. Nothing to do at all. There is no other name by which man can be saved. In John chapter 14 says this, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said that. So when you hear people like um, 
I heard uh, Oprah Winfrey say once, once that there are many ways into heaven, and Jesus is just one of the ways. No. No one comes to the Father except through me. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. <clears throat> now you have to understand that no matter what you do with your religion, as I said, God looks at your religion and your own righteousness as filthy rags. Scripture says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And really, you know, in, in Romans 3, 10 and 11 says, none, there is none righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. Yet God is seeking for you, Okay. He's seeking for you, and he's placed out a warning. The book of Romans tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He has made a way for us to enter into heaven by what it says in Romans 5.8. God demonstrated his own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I don't know about you, but I find that amazing. See, Jesus paid the price for our sins. When he died on the cross, he took the burden of our sins and opened the way for us to enter into, into eternal life with him in heaven. And it has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with your religious things that you do. It, it doesn't. It has to do with your relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, you don't have to do all these certain things. You don't got to get cleaned up before you come to God. You don't got to hope that what you're doing is enough to, to please him. What you have to do <clears throat> is just this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. It's that simple. You know, you just have to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. It's pretty simple. And if you say, a, and then you could just pray a simple prayer. And it's not that difficult, okay? It's it's just like, I, I read this. Let me just, I'm going to read this to you really quick. See if I can find it real quick. So I was just read it the other day in <clears throat> Okay. Now, there was a commander of the king of Aram. His name was Naaman. And he was a great man, the sight of his master, hardly regarded. But, um, but he had leprosy. Now, they found out that the the prophet, which was um, um, Elisha, may be able to heal him of this leprosy. So he uh, goes out 
and he, he, he goes to see Elijah and he finds Elijah. And Elijah's sitting in his office or his cave or wherever he is. He's writing and um, Elijah didn't even get out to see him. He just, he, 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 he says, Elijah sent messages to him always at the house. He said, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. And Naaman went away angry. He says, you know, he thought he, I thought he would at least come out to see me. Thought that he would wave his hands over me and the spot would cure me of my leprosy. He says, aren't the rivers in my, in, of Damascus better and cleaner than, than, than this waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? And he went off in a rage, and his servant said to him, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself into Jordan seven times. And <clears throat> when he came out of the water the seventh time, his flesh was clean. See, God doesn't make it difficult, okay? He wants you to do simple things. And all you have to do is pray a simple prayer, something like, God, I know that I have sinned. <clears throat> I know I've sinned against you, and I'm deserving of punishment. Excuse me. <clears throat> but Jesus Christ took the punishment that I deserve so that through faith in him, I could be forgiven. With your help, I place my trust in you for salvation. Thank you for your wonderful grace and forgiveness. That it, forgiveness and that gift is the gift of eternal life. So um, if you've prayed that prayer, uh, I, I want to ask you, are you ready to shed your res- religiosity and accept a relationship with God? And if you've prayed that prayer, then let me know. The truth must be told.org. You can go there and write to me. Let me know that you have done that, that you've prayed that prayer. And those of, the, those of you who have questions and would like a prayer request or something, you could write to me there also. And I'll be praying for you. I pray for everyone who listens to the sound of my voice. And I pray that uh, I pray that I forget to shut the phone off. And uh, I'm so sorry. But I do pray for you. And uh, I just ask you to pray for me in the work of the, as this work in the podcast continues. So God bless, and I'll see you next time on The Truth Must Be Told.